as we are talking about economic operators on this episode, I just wanted to inform you that I released some agreements, some template agreements related to uh, importer, authorized representative, distributors and suppliers. And this is in compliance with the new medical device regulation and the in vitro diagnostic regulation. So don't hesitate to go to easymedicaldevice.com shop to find them. Okay, let's listen to this episode now. Medical Device School. This is a short bonus episode of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast, where we will focus on giving you some tips for your day-to-day job. So let's go. Welcome to the Medical Device School. So I'm here with me, uh, with uh, Eric Volbrecht uh, again, uh, where we will talk about uh, a situation for an economic operator. So this time, the question to Eric is: um, What economic operators have to verify? So mainly, uh, the economic operators have to do a lot of things now, and it's really mentioned on the MDR or IVDR. And uh, practically, what does it mean? Should they verify every boxes one by one? What, what exactly they should do to confirm that the product is correct and that they can release it? So Eric, can you help us for that? Of course, I always have an opinion on everything. So uh, <laughs> let's go, uh, let's go. Uh, yeah, if we start with the authorized representative, um, <clears throat> what you see with the authorized representative is that uh, uh, much more than under the MDR, you could say that the authorized representative uh, is a bit of a mole of the author- of the competent authorities in the organization of the manufacturer. Okay. And what we see in general is that the MDR has uh, uh, has provided several instruments in that regard to basically raise quality uh, uh, quality of processes at the manufacturer. So uh, the PRC, for example, is one, and increased, uh, let's say, uh, obligations of the authorized representative are also part of it. And what, what they did for the, man, uh, for the authorized representative is they defined a specific mandate uh, and uh, uh, the specific minimum mandate, I would say, and then, uh, yeah, then it is up to the authorized representative to verify or to, to keep track of whether the, uh, the, the, the manufacturer meets their obligations. And if the manufacturer doesn't meet their obligations, then the authorized representative actually has to uh, terminate the agreement and notify the uh, notified body and the authorities, which is quite a, quite a big uh, sanction. So how does the, uh, and the MDR does not contain a specific rule that says this is exactly what the authorized representative has to do. It just just says very, very generally, uh, the authorized representative has tasks under the mandate. Part of these tasks are, for example, well, the, 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 uh, to verify that the declaration of conformity uh, and the technical documentation has been drawn up, but it doesn't provide a, uh, let's say, audit schedule or an audit plan. And that is, that is then it is up for the uh, authorized representative to uh, do that themselves in view of the scope of the mandate, because the mandate is also flexible. There's just minimum uh, obligations in there. Exactly. So uh, I am an authorized representative. Uh, I receive a mandate from a manufacturer. I ask him, provide me your declaration of conformity, your technical documentation, etc. all the, the things. I look at them. They look fine. 
I put them on my archive room, then what is there? So there is nothing else that I should do in terms of mandatory activities. There is no kind of frequency to say to me, every year you have to check that the declaration of conformity is correct, that the technical file are correct, that something is correct, so you have nothing really mentioned on that. Well, uh, I would say it is, uh, you should see the mandate rather as, as a mandate to uh, oversee compliance status. So, uh, for example, uh, verify that the EU Declaration of Conformity and Technical Documentation uh, uh, have been drawn up and that there's an appropriate conformity assessment procedure carried out. Um, that is the kind of situ situation which you would also want to uh, check every now and then if the, if the starting status is still the same. Right, because even if the even if the declaration of conformity, for example, is there at the start, it might be that the declaration of conformity is not up to date anymore because yeah. the manufacturer changed the product. So you have so to have. That I would document. like to see, for example, as an authorized representative, I would not only ask for the for the declaration of conformity, but also I would like to say, hey, can you tell me, manufacturer, what your procedure is for updating of the uh, declaration of conformity, and will I get the updated declaration of conformity when you do that? Because if you don't, I will need to go after it myself, because it is my obligation to have the declaration of conformity on file. So it means that uh, authorized representatives have to be careful on really a good interpretation of, of this information and not just to put a minimum text, but really to have a procedure behind that to, to check that everything is continuously correct. So that uh, the manufacturer yes. is continuously correct. That's why you also need to have a PRC these days as yeah. authorized representative. And uh, you can really not be the letterbox uh, that some authorized representatives in the past uh, thought they could be. No, definitely not. Okay, so what about the distributor and the importer? Yeah, the distributor and the importer. Uh, I get a lot of questions about, uh, about that because I have a lot of clients that, that either are importer or distributor or have importers or distributors in, in their corporate group or they work with them. And uh, what they should verify is, is, is interesting because the systems work a bit different. Because for the importer, it says the importer has to verify. And then uh, there's a, a bunch of uh, items uh, mentioned in, uh, in Article 13, Section 2. Uh, it works a bit of the same for the uh, distributor, where it also says the distributor has to verify certain things. But then it says in the paragraph after that, and the distributor can verify by sampling. Yeah, so then the okay. whole... What and then, 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 then the whole question is sufficient or? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then the question is, does that mean that the importer has to open every box, right? Or yeah. check every, every product uh, specifically. And it gets only more complex when you look in the, in the blue guide that says, yes, uh, placing on the market uh, assumes a compliance validation for each and every product individually. Oh shit, does that mean that you have to open every box, right? Well, exactly. then I think you need some uh, creative uh, uh, or, or maybe rational uh, interpretation of what is the concept of verification, right? Because verification 
if you look at how a notified body verifies that a manufacturer uh, produces devices by the CE marked type, or whether they produce them by the CE marked uh, uh, quality system, that is also not done on a per product check basis, right? But they still verify it. So to me, that makes it clear that also in this case, you are not obliged to open every box, but rather as an importer to have a procedure that ensures that the devices that you import uh, meet these criteria. That is what I think, that is how you should in, uh, interpret verification. It's the only meaningful way to do it because otherwise, yes, you would be in a situation where you have to open every box and that Sorry. is practically impossible. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good news for those importers and distributors that yeah. were thinking maybe to hire more people to open every box one by one to confirm that. So, so don't do that. Just have a good procedure that is uh, making sense on how you have to verify your products at the inbound, at the outbound maybe, or just to check that. What, yeah, you, and what you could do, for example, uh, this, this is obviously easier for, for the bigger companies that have integrated uh, uh, CRM systems for the whole supply chain. Because there, what you can do, for example, you can agree between the manufacturer and the importer that the manufacturer will not, uh, can only release product into the supply chain if uh, he has ticked boxes in the SAP system, for example, for all the elements in Article 13, Section 2. So that means that as an, uh, as a, as an importer, you know that each uh, product that the manufacturer releases will meet certain criteria because otherwise the CRM system of the manufacturer will not allow these products to be shipped to you. Okay. And that makes it, that makes it a lot easier for people that are interested in that. Uh, I wrote an article together with uh, one of Philips's in-house lawyers in the December or autumn issue of uh, uh, RAPS uh, Focus. Okay which I'll provide you a link to, Monir, so you Good. can uh, link to that. And that shows how to do this in a bigger integrated uh, company. But of course, if you are an independent importer, yeah, it, then it gets more uh, difficult because how are you going to know that, the man, uh, how are you going to control your manufacturer, let's say, for these things? Well, you could still conclude a quality agreement with them, for example, uh, and then uh, that allows you to do this verification. Right, it's it's the same thing when uh, you outsource the design and manufacture of your product as a manufacturer. You would also have a quality system uh, or a quality agreement with the company that produces for you, and you go audit so you can verify that what they supply to you meets the criteria that you are responsible for as manufacturer. Oh, good. I think it's uh, it's it's a good information because uh, I think there was a, uh, as you mentioned, your customer also had a lot of question about that, how they can do that, how they should do that, and I think yeah, having a good procedure showing uh, showing the the method and accepted by by authorities can be can be sufficient and no need to uh, to check everything one by one because it makes no sense. It's uh, or it can make no sense if uh, if we can say if it's exactly the same product with the same lot with the same things. But it's maybe 500, RG, 500 quantity of products, so <laughs> let's exactly. make this. Yeah, with with distributors, it's even worse because they normally don't have such a direct relationship with the manufacturer, which, yeah. in my view, is why they put in the sampling provision because, uh, because distributors will have less options than an importer 
to agree this kind of quality arrangement with the manufacturer. So for that reason, they said to distributors, ah, but you can sample. Good. So I think it's a good thing. Okay, so thank you, Eric. I think uh, it's helping a lot uh, to understand exactly what should uh, the economic operators verify. Uh, and, uh, and I hope, yeah, this helps also people to, to put in place. Uh, can I add one more thing, uh, Munir? Yeah. I'm going to show you something else. This is the... Uh, ah, this is the... Um, the Medtech Europe flowchart. flowchart, yeah. Which is also, I think, a really nice tool because people often forget that it, uh, uh, it has a very nice uh, uh, box on obligations for uh, economic operators and also how these interrelate. So I would also encourage people to download the, uh, the flowchart for the MDR. There's also one for the, uh, for the uh, IVDR. You can download it for free from the MedTech Europe site, and it's a really it's it's a fantastically helpful document. Uh, yeah, I think I, not only economic operators, but also for the, the rest of the regulations. No, it's true, and I'm using that. I was using that since two years now because it was really uh, um, summarizing everything. So it's uh, it's really interesting. So I will put also uh, the link on the show notes. Okay, so great. So thank you, Eric. Uh, and uh, don't forget for people to go to the show notes and to check uh, all those information, the links, I will put them there directly uh, so that you can, uh, you can, uh, you can see uh, all of those documents that uh, Eric was talking about. Okay, Eric, so thank you very much and have a nice day. Take care, bye. bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 